All right, so let's get into then our final conversation for the day. It's uh, We're in conversation with Khadija Brown, who is the MEC for Finance in the Free State, a province that, of course, has been uh, caught up in what have been significant um, financial challenges, especially when we look at uh, municipalities in that province. Uh, good morning to you, uh, MEC Brown, and thanks for your time this morning. Good morning and thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here and to have a discussion on um, such a challenging topic for our province. But we are very excited to have a robust and candid uh, discussion today. Thank you very, very much. How would you categorize the nature of the problems that your province is facing financially? Um, I wouldn't say it's it's financially so. Um, the, the problem isn't a financial problem. It is a governance problem. There is funding. And I think it's also about the business discussion. Because if we have a province or municipalities that has got um, viable economic structures, um, economic reforms, areas where people are working, we will find that there are taxes to be paid within that municipality, which will enhance the budget or the pool. And then the governance side is to manage that pool of funds for service delivery, revenue enhancement and other programs that can keep those uh, municipal municipalities viable and that really is our job as treasury to make sure that um, our municipalities are economically viable. When you look at the state of the municipalities there has been a problem building over a series of years. In fact um, it has been taking place at least over five years that you don't have a single municipality in the free state that has received a clean audit, is that as a result of lack of capacity? Is the situation what it is because it is being designed to be that way? So you talk about governance problems. Do those problems exist because people don't know what to do or they do know what to do, but they simply choose to not do it? I would I would answer that question in in two ways, Kathy. I think um, for me, sitting on the outside, not directly in local government, in terms of having the autonomy to make decisions, because every council has to make a decision. There is an accounting officer in each municipality. My jurisdiction really is uh, within the ambit of the law, which the MFMA outlines, which the MEC of Finance and MEC of Cocta can do in terms of oversight. But I would, I would answer that in threefold. First and foremost, I think it has to do with the constitution of our council and the management of council in terms of it, it, its compliance attributions towards a running municipality. And that, um, I believe, both Cocta and ourselves have been able to look at the problem statement, do an analysis, and we can see, especially where um, we have uh, councillors who serve the same community and constituencies, but we find that the political um, oversight over what it is that they need to do largely is about the political environment instead of ensuring 
that the constituency benefits out of them being leaders within that council. That's the first thing. And I'm not necessarily referring to one political party, but I'm talking to the collective. The second matter is, is that the interface between administration and the political environment needs to be completely separate. And we haven't found a mechanism to do that quite right just yet in the Free State Province. And although we have had opportunities to deal with one on one um, areas where there are challenges, we we still need to do a lot of work in terms of the interface, the administrative and the political interface. That really requires some, some tough discussions. And then lastly, it is about governance and management. And, and it, it doesn't help that we do not communicate well enough with our constituents or the communities. When things are not going right, we don't talk about it. When things are going right, we don't talk about it. So I believe that there's a lot of work to do. And largely, Treasury's got a, a huge role to play in this in the sense of the capacity on all three spheres. So uh, the capacity uh, from a political oversight perspective to all councillors, um, as, as government, we have to deal with all councillors, and that is really to teach them how to run a municipality effectively and efficiently. And that is through the rules and the compliance and the legislation and the laws, um, which new councillors don't necessarily have enough knowledge to be able to just hit the ground running. So rebuilding programs, roadshows, um, a program at Central University of Technology to deal with the financial governance and compliance part of it. But also it is the day-to-day -day supply chain, chain prescripts, these SEM and CFO coordination forums that Treasury leads. It is the accountant generals forum that we do on how we must manage a financial statement as an example. Those are some of the work that we are doing and we've built um, capacity within Treasury to support that. But it, it, it does require the will of the people that are in those facilities and in those organizations and local government to be able to take it up and practice it and, and transform it the way we have done on the provincial side of things. The difficulties that the trend often seen um, at, a, in particular, a local government level is that resources are being manipulated, they're being siphoned off to uh, from the delivery of services and into the hands of individuals, whether they be politicians, whether they be people that are politically connected. How do you uproot that? Because in the absence of being able to hold uh, people accountable, making sure that where there has been criminality, people are charged, there's a process that takes place, um, the cycle almost inevitably continues. Oh, yes, Kathy, And, you know, I must say that we're doing a lot of work in this regard. Um, it starts with ethical leadership, even at a senior management level within um, a municipality. So first and foremost, we we are we have embarked on lifestyle audits across the province and across municipalities, and that is not only from a DPSA perspective, but also from the provincial pers perspective through the office of the premier and through treasury. We have submitted in February, so every senior official within government has. Um, submitted the um, financial disclosures and the the um, approval for the public service commission to do a full lifestyle audit on the current um, on the current status in the personal and other capacities. But the second part, in terms of the govern government part of things, is that 
we have identified not only through our audits, but we've also been able to, through um, internal audit processes, through external audit processes, risk management processes, review processes, through our select committees, NCLPs and other forums, we have been able to identify areas of uh, maladministration, areas where we would find that the are um, clear indications of corruption. We've opened cases, we've um, had whistleblowers, we have had areas where people have come into us and say to us, you know, um, Treasury, we find ABCD not to be aligned with what it is that we need to do. And we've been able to investigate those. So I'm sure you've seen over the past couple of weeks and months, the number of, um, judicial um, uh, and institutional um, opportunities that we've had from, from the corruption line to be able to assist with um, making sure that we take it to book, we follow the, the legal process um, in terms of how the case is opened, investigated, what effects, uh, we manage the losses, we're dealing with irregular expenditure, um, and so on and so forth. So there is some work, but I believe it's going to take time because as we open each of these cases, it, it needs to be fully investigated with, of course, um, absolute uh meticulous measurement of information and proof to be able to ensure that we hold those who have been at the at the helm of this maladministration we hold them to book speaking of you know holding people accountable one of the problems that you are also facing in the municipalities that you have um, certain areas that are outright not following legislative uh, frameworks, especially when it comes to submitting some of the audits for municipalities. You have those mm-hmm. that completely disregard the process, mm-hmm. like it doesn't mm-hmm. exist, like they don't have any statutory obligations to be part of the process. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've, we've acknowledged in the last administration we had about 13 non-compliance to submission of AFS uh, annual financial statements. And in that previous administration, we, we, we saw some of the challenges where consultants weren't ready in time. You appointed a CFO over the past year, and then they still require a consultant to put together a financial statement. We've had discussions specifically with those 13 municipalities. This year, we are looking at nine, but I believe that on that nine municipalities, there are two or three at most issues that are preventing them from submitting. But my team is working directly with those CFOs so that we could still meet uh, the time frame where we, where we have to submit data strings in time for compliance. So, so we have those nine that we are uh, challenged with at the moment, but our, our, our new team that we've placed in the MFMA units is working on making sure that those submit do happen. But yes, um, in the previous administration, I agree, we've had direct discussions, partly outside of of the changes in in the political environment with the new um, administration coming in. We've also had to uh, take care of the administration within the um, accounting officer, which is the MM, and our um, Section 52 officials that are in municipalities, we've had to review some of them. Um, and I believe that it's up to those municipalities too to hold those uh, officials accountable for not being able to do their work 
on time um, in alignment with what is required from them in terms of the performance contracts. Um, so at a management level, we're also looking at those matters. But yes, you're right, that was a huge issue. And we've identified that issue as a red flag that we needed to prioritize, which we are doing at this stage. Would you say that you are having success in changing what would be culture that has been, um, you know, quite entrenched in, in the way that people are going about doing this work, especially if we're talking about five consecutive years, no clean audits in all municipalities. This is not an overnight problem. It is something mm-hmm. that has, you know, prevailed and has been allowed mm-hmm. to prevail over mm-hmm. a, a long time. Yeah. So so culture is very difficult to change, and you know, with change management and change management tools in theory, it teaches you how to do it. But the practicality of it is requires leadership, it requires a collective, it requires a unified vision for that change. But to give you an example just on, on that, um, uh, we are here in this administration for three years in, in the province. We've seen four clean audits in this province, seven unqualified audits, five major improvements, no disclaimers. And that comes from a history of having no clean audits in free state provincial government. So it does require creating a system, creating and building a team that is not going to be influenced in any way, but rather to be dealt dealing matters from a governance perspective and highly professional level to be able to make that change. Um, The institution and the category from a vertical and horizontal perspective of local government is so large because there are so many reporting entities to local government outside of COCTA, outside of National Treasury, there's your provincial COCTA, provincial treasury, there's SALGA, there is select committees, there's NTOPs, there's their councils. So we've got to look at the framework in terms of the higher body and how we consolidate governance at the higher body to all be speaking the same language. And then, of course, the implementers, which is that gov- that local government institution to be also speaking that language. So I can assure you, we, we've, we're wanting to right now build the systems, Cathy, to make sure that we've got this framework and the foundation right, to make sure that as we leave legacies within the province, as long as we're trying to see that change immediately, it cannot happen immediately with the turnaround of how things are going. But if we can keep those systems and build them to be sustainable enough throughout a legacy of 20 years, I can assure you we will, over a long, longer period, see the change that we desire. And and I'm hoping that the case that we're looking at, uh, the special case of provincial government, is somewhat um, an example of some of the will that we have in our province to make that change. We're in conversation with Khadija Brown. She is the MEC for Finance in the Free State. I wonder what you make of some of the work that her department is doing in trying to get the financial affairs of that province in order, not just at a provincial level, but also just looking at what is coming, what is happening rather at, at a local government level and what it is that the province can do to assist in the better administration 
of the province's finances. I'll take your calls on 086-000-2032. That's the number to dial this morning to be part of the conversation 86 000 On the WhatsApp line, it's 0614-104-107. Of course, governance has been one of the big issues highlighted that has resulted in this, you know, state of affairs, financial state of affairs, especially um, for municipalities in the free state. And how do we move to a point where what is happening in government is actually divorced from the politics? And that's really what's happening in administration is divorced from the politics that's at, that's at play. And for a province like the free state, is that something that is even possible um, right now? Those are the issues we'll continue to explore. We'll also then look at this colloquium that uh, the province wants to hold and what they're hoping to achieve out of it. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on the talking point. We're talking to Khadija Brown, the MEC for Finance in the Free State. Um, Khadija, before I go to some of the questions that our listeners have been sending in for you, just tell us more about this colloquium that you as a province are putting together. What are you hoping to achieve out of it? All right. Now, thank you, Kathy. We're very excited about this. We've been doing it for years. But largely, the focus this year is building a research-based informative um, pool towards budgeting and towards our growth and development strategy. So as you might be aware, Free State uh, has got a Free State growth and development strategy that's in draft. We uh, utilize that strategy to align ourselves with the National Development Plan and the medium medium strategic uh, framework as medium term strategic framework as well as uh, some of the outcomes based um, uh, projects or policy making towards a larger or bigger strategy towards the country so we have a few topics that we've identified and part of some of the state of the province address initiatives as well as some of the budgetary uh, votes that we've put together we're looking a lot at at engineering and technology, um, moving the youth forward within the province, understanding the rural uh, and enterprise and informal sector of our province, which contributes quite um, a lot to our local economy without it really having any data or scientific information that is has come to it, understanding how sector and how the changes within our sectors of our economy, such as the, disin- um, the, the, the disinvestment in mining, moving towards agriculture, manufacturing and other sectors within the province, as well as um, governance as, as a lead focus for our province. But for me, the biggest ex- um, exciting part as the MEC of Treasury, I've got a, a subject that I've ask the teams to really, really um, research, and that is called the effective macro fiscal stance. Because a question through Budget Council with ministers and all MECs in our country when we do these uh, monthly meetings, the minister had asked a question that, that the team couldn't answer, and that was to say we're spending X amount 
in our economy on infrastructure, on COE, on conditional grants, on X, Y, Z. What should that translate to in terms of rands and cents and how should that then effectively move our GDP growth from A to B? And nobody could answer that question. And based on that, I said to the team, kindly look at the free state because we've got a budget of 40 billion rand where we hold conditional grants, we hold infrastructure funding throughout all municipalities, we hold COE funding that is meant to be service delivery, individuals in education and health and social development provide services to our society and communities within this province. And that should translate into a change in our, our structure of our economy or change in our GDP or its contribution to the national GDP. And also it should integrate into the other sectors and create some sort of um, structured flow within uh, the sectoral base in our economy. And hopefully we are able to then look at budgeting in alignment with growth instead of budgeting in alignment with just making sure that things are working. We want to find a proactive way of budgeting towards aligning the outcomes and objectives that we want at a free state growth and development strategy. And largely in terms of the big audacious goals, those catalytic projects in our province to take our province forward, how is it that we can manage over a five period um, expenditure framework to make sure that our budgeting is in alignment with, with our strategic goals. So. I'm very excited about the colloquium. It is on the 28th and 29th of September. We called for papers. So these papers are not necessarily individuals from the department or from government. We called on all researchers, the best of the best in our country and in the world, to be able to submit. And out of that, we have been able to find time to look at some of the greatest and most progressive submissions that we've seen. And those individuals will present papers during that time. And once we've delivered those papers, we will take that into an action plan right. and work with work with the, the social compact, which is business, industry, labor, civil society, in order to try and implement some of the research um, recommendations that come out of this colloquium. All right. L- let me go to Mzwandile in Kabeha. Mzwandile, good morning. Uh, hi, Kathy. Uh, yes. Listen, you know what? Actually, we've been observing this public financial management system of the public sector, and it's very flawed. And let me tell you why, mate. Because if you look at us in the private sector, on I mean, we handle much bigger budgets than what these provincial and district and local uh, institutions are handling. And on a weekly, monthly basis, we've got uh, um, management accounts where, where, on a monthly basis, you review the financial performance of the institution. Now, if you look at the private sector, we must generate money, then allocate it. In the public sector, it's the opposite. They get money allocated from central government, which they must merely dispense. So I'm now saying, I'm wondering, shouldn't there be, and uh, shouldn't they come up with a system where you, they, as the province for starters, can have a financial management system that oversees the running of the municipality on a day-to-day, week-to-week, monthly basis. And also those municipalities to produce the financial reports on a monthly basis. That way the province is very well aware of what the local municipality is doing. And, and lastly, uh, Kathy, majority of the spending of municipalities is ICP related. That is to say you already know 
what a particular municipality is needing to do for the next year to three years in advance. So it's just a matter of managing that allocation uh, as far as that is concerned. So I'm just wondering, instead of letting the municipality run, uh, uh, run wild the entire year, and then only at the end of the year come and do an audit and say, no, that one is failing, that one is... Why not just introduce micromanagement systems that manages the finances of those municipalities on a day-to-day, week-to, and, and on a monthly basis? I would think it, that, to a large extent, would eliminate most of these shortcomings of these particular public institutions. Thanks, David. All right. Th- th- thanks, for that, uh, thanks for that contribution, Zwandile. Uh, are you still on the line? Zwandile? All right, looks like he's gone already. Uh, okay. okay, no, no, it, it's fine. Um, let me give you a, a chance to respond to that, um, Khadija. No, 100%. Uh, I support everything he said. And in principle, it's supposed to happen that way. We've got Section 71, 72 reporting. Um, and b- by the way, municipalities comply with the reporting. It is the, it is the audits after that that shows where the um, irregularities come through. So so somehow we're going to, and our, t- our team has found uh, pre-mechanisms towards building, as we do in the province, um, committees on bid specification, adjudication, evaluation, so that we can tie up um, areas where we, we're finding some gray areas on implementation of supply chain prescripts. And um, there are areas where municipalities, of course, continue with um, implementation without going through any processes. And that then we do hold uh, certain individuals accountable for, for making those mistakes and errors but I do believe that with the new team that we set up in Treasury and I've seen where there have been areas where we have been invited to come in and provide some guidance with regards to to the management of those budgets um, it has helped but there are still fairly you know a big chunk of delinquency in certain areas that we are working towards changing and I do believe that majority of the new administration and teams that that have come in do have the will to make that dramatic change. We need we need to look at focusing on how the world sees us as the province and from an investment perspective and ensuring that we have um, investors in our province that is happy because when investors not only look at the at the opportunity in the sense that they can make money, but also at the governance and ethical ground that they're working from. Uh, it's important from a municipal perspective to be able to, to um, pull those investors. And I, I feel that um, municipalities have, some of the leadership in municipalities have seen that it's important to make sure that the municipalities are investor friendly. So we find like we've got the big Renogen uh, gas pipeline that's happening. We've got some manufacturers that have come in into our province. We've got um, farmers within the the south side of the province in Tarip. We've got sta- sandstone and uh, brick making institutions. We've got uh, so many new investors in our province that that I think Department of Economic Development, if you have such time with them, they could list all of the work that they're doing as well um, towards ensuring that our province has got um, an economic 
economically viable and, and working province. I'm sure you've heard as well that the employment rate in our province has improved. So so there the are some principles that we're trying to put in place to make sure that we run these municipalities better because if we cannot do that we won't find the benefits out of having um, investors come in and governance is a huge huge part of that so my role then and as um, Mr. Mzwandile I mean I come from the private sector I've tried to put in some private sector principles to to assist municipalities and we see those that do effectively utilize them they are improving but we've got to do a lot of more work um very detailed and very ground to make that change at municipal level and i'm sure that over a period of time we will see those results but he's 100 percent correct 100 percent monthly monthly reporting expenditure and uh, revenue uh, it just needs us to to focus on five key principles to change these municipalities. Thank you very much, Kathy. All right. And I've, got, I've, I've got a few WhatsApp voice notes for you, but we are okay. really running out of time. So I'll play All one right. and then I'll just ask that you keep your responses as short as possible and uh, sure. see how many more we can get through. Good afternoon, SFM, and to listeners and to the honorable guest, uh, Sullivan Gamda from uh, Durban. With regard to the budgets allocated to municipalities, they should have uh, private people, like independent auditors and people from the municipality auditors auditing all big projects where big money is allocated, where large funds are allocated for certain projects. There should be uh, weekly meetings on, uh, on the progress of these projects and to see how this money is being administered. And they should track and see the progress of what outcomes this project has delivered and how has it upgraded the municipality. Basically, they should track all funds when allocated to projects, monitor it closely and see the outcomes of these projects. Thank you. Uh, good day, Kathy. Your guest there, that MEC, she is talking a lot of hot air and she doesn't have a clue of what is happening at the municipalities. She is just one of the people who are prepared to lie to us. Uh, what she is talking about, it's a whole lot of uh, nonsense, which we are not even prepared to listen to. Uh, if the municipalities cannot be corrected, you don't need uh, somebody from Treasury. Uh, they know the crooks which are operating in the municipality. So we are not surprised she comes on radio and say what she is saying. All right. Uh, Khadija, if you can respond just briefly for me, please. Okay. No, I, I can understand where the gentleman comes from when he says hot air. It's very, I agree, it's very difficult to show uh, immediate improvement and change when you are building structures and systems in a very, very difficult and volatile environment. So I know that that's how people feel on the ground. And I think also from a holistic uh, macro perspective, uh, the, the way South Africa feels about politics at the moment, I am sure many people still feel that way. And I accept that criticism. Um, it would sound like hot air, but I trust that those who are in the municipalities, uh, you know, uh, respect and appreciate some of the work that we're doing as Treasury. And hopefully over the next five years, when we look back, we'd be able to say, okay, that's some of the work that we've done. But um, 
to Sullivan's uh, from from KZN. Um, no, thank you very much. I think I think those were very critical points. Um, uh, for an, an, another example of what we've changed in government, uh, and specifically in my department where I have a clean audit, is that after every big tender, um, before we issue an appointment letter, my team knows that huge catalytic uh, tenders that that may be ha have high implications to the province, we do external reviews. So they take out a framework panel of auditors that review the entire process of how the team had gone about in terms of the specification, bid adjudication, evaluation before award, and then they would come back to the accounting officer with recommendations or areas um, where they feel that matters may have not been aligned to the law, and then they, they do reviews. Similarly, if there is, uh, if they believe that everything is in alignment with processes, uh, they would recommend the appointment. Right. So uh, we've, we've done that and we've seen that it worked very, very well with um, with Treasury and hence, uh, you know, we've had two clean audits uh, subject to 2019 to this date. And and we're very happy with that system that we put in place and I believe it would work right. across the board. Right. So yes, thanks. We, we would we would take those and, and, and look at it and, and of course try and implement where we can. Khadija, we're completely out of time. We'll have to leave it there. Khadija Brown is the MEC for Finance in the Free State. It also brings us to the end of the show for today.